Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Our physical eyesight is one of the greatest gifts that God has given to us. Wouldn't you agree? Those of us who have good eyes or even decent eyes often take for granted this wonderful gift from God. Now, if you had a problem with your eyesight, where would you go? Of course, you would book an appointment with the optometrist. Once, there was a devoted Christian woman who suffered from dimming eyesight. One day, her optometrist said to her, as he was examining her, that there was nothing more that he could do for her. He expressed his sympathy for her. She was not disturbed, but told him how good the Lord had been to her and to her husband. The optometrist replied, You have no eyesight, but you can truly see. And he spoke the truth. Spiritual sight is something far better than physical eyesight. Jesus Christ, our Lord, in our gospel reading, comes across a man with congenital blindness, blind from birth. The disciples assume that something as bad as being born blind must be the result of a punishment of some sort. Either it was a punishment for this man's sins or it was a punishment for his parents' sins. The blindness of this man, Jesus says, is not a punishment for a specific sin, but an occasion for God's work to be displayed in his life. Jesus is not saying that the man or his parents were sinless. Jesus was going to make an example out of him, to make him an object lesson. So while it's true that sin in general was the cause of this man's blindness, Jesus says God can bring good out of evil by finally sending Jesus around to heal him. But it's interesting that the religious leaders agree with the disciples' initial assessment. They state that this man's blindness proved that he was guilty of specific wickedness, both then and now. They think that it's an outrage that such a man should pretend to teach them. In their blindness, the Pharisees still refused to acknowledge that a miracle took place. The Pharisees want to drive a wedge between Jesus and God. If anything good happened, they say, it's the work of God alone, and Jesus can have nothing to do with it. And in the end, Jesus declares that these Pharisees are the ones who are actually blind. Just like something can be wrong with our physical eyesight, the same can be true of our spiritual sight. In fact, every single person is born spiritually blind. What's remarkable about that is how virtually no one seems to know. 
Most are, in fact, quite content to live in their blindness. Some would fiercely deny that they are spiritually blind, quite like the Pharisees. But what does it mean to be spiritually blind? Blindness is one way to describe the effects of sin upon us. Just like a blind person cannot see the light of day, likewise, because of sin, we cannot see the light of God in Christ. Our blindness is not a lack of eyesight, but a lack of faith. And it isn't simply impaired vision. We are born without spiritual vision. We are completely unreceptive to God and completely self-centered. We may have 20-20 eyesight and see the world around us in technicolor, but we have no sight for the things that involve God. We are blind to God. We live as if he didn't exist or matter. We are blind to ourselves and to our own condition. We, and we don't think we're that bad. We think that actually people are basically good. We dare to assert, I'm a good person. We don't recognize the extent to which sin has corrupted us. We've constructed a world where we will never admit that we are wrong about spiritual things. It's one thing to be genuinely mistaken and then open to new evidence, new arguments, or new insights. It's quite another thing to make a closed world, like a sealed room, into which no light or no fresh air can come out from the outside. We do not see the light of Christ shining upon us. We can't. We won't. We don't have eyes to see, and we don't want eyes to see. We are naturally unable to see the things of God. And just like a blind man cannot will his eyes to work, so we cannot, by our own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ our Lord or come to him. However, notice how our gospel reading, our text, focuses around the miracle. Jesus actually healed a man with congenital blindness. How did he do it? That's the question that the Pharisees are dying to figure out. Jesus put mud on the man's eyes. He put mud on the man's eyes. In the beginning, the Lord formed the man of the dust of the ground. Here, we see an act of new creation. With mud on his eyes, Jesus sent him away to wash. And he sent him away to wash with the promise that he would see again. And the man goes and he washes the mud off of his eyes and comes back seeing. When Jesus heard that he'd been kicked out of the synagogue, he went to find the man. And for the first time, he sees Jesus. Do you believe in the Son of Man? Jesus asks. Who is he that I may believe in him? 
the man says. Because seeing is not the same as believing. We can see Jesus, but that doesn't mean we believe. And so Jesus says to him what he said to the Samaritan woman in last week's gospel reading. You have seen him, and he is the one who is speaking to you. The man has stuck to his story. It was Jesus who opened his eyes. And now he's invited to take one further step. Jesus is not just a prophet. He's not just some unique healer. But he is the one through whom God's light, searing with truth and holiness, is coming into the darkness of this world. Jesus is the spiritual optometrist who's restored the blind man's spiritual sight. And now he believes. So what if they've thrown him out of the synagogue? So what if the authorities, real or self-appointed, have declared him to be born in utter sin? He has to follow where the truth leads, even if those who were supposed to know the truth are suppressing it. Now his spiritual eyes are opened. He believed that the one who addressed him was the one who healed him, and that this Jesus is the Savior. In response, the man worships Jesus. Now, at last, the work of God was displayed in this man. His physical blindness resulted in spiritual sight, and God was glorified. Brothers and sisters, Jesus comes to us in our sin, in our blindness. Jesus comes to us in our darkness. He comes to us when we are blind and when we are helpless. And he comes to give us sight and to bring light into the darkness of our hearts. He comes with compassion. He desires to show mercy to us. Spiritual sight sees what Jesus is doing and draws the right conclusion about who Jesus is and about what he came here to do. And sometimes it may be surprising. It may upset some of our cherished assumptions. It may even be shocking. But when blind eyes are being opened, that's the only conclusion that you can draw. Jesus is doing things for which the only explanation is that God is powerfully at work. Jesus is our great physician. He's the specialist for spiritual eyesight. He gives sight to the blind, and what makes the difference is his word. The same word which was uttered in the beginning, when he created all things. That is the same word which comes and recreates you. What was so special about the pool of Siloam? What was so special about the waters of that pool? It wasn't simple water. No, but it was water combined with the word of Jesus. The same is true of your baptism. It's not simple water only, but it is water joined with God's word and combined with his command. By the word, the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, 
The poor hear good news. The dead are raised and sinners are justified for Jesus' sake. Through God's word, you continue to be called out of darkness into Christ's marvelous light. It's the word that tells you about Jesus, that though he was despised and rejected, yet he is Savior and Redeemer and Messiah. It's Jesus' word that promises you eternal life because through, though he was because through his death and resurrection, the reign of darkness is ended and the new creation has been established. The Holy Spirit brings you to faith in Jesus as your Savior. He leads you to a recognition of your sins, your depravity, your need for forgiveness. And as a light shining in dark place, the Spirit uses the Word to, as a bright torch to direct sinners into the way of truth. And that is why we need to continue to hear God's word during this present crisis. In this time when we can't gather together around God's word, continuing to hear God's word is vitally important. Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus continues to be present wherever his word is heard and proclaimed. During this time apart, Jesus' presence can be brought into our communities and into our families through the word. Think for a second of the hope and the joy that the blind man received when he saw it, when he received his physical sight and when he received faith. That same joy, hope, and faith, the same joy, hope, and faith comes through the work of Jesus' word. In the darkness of this world, in the darkness of our hearts, the only thing that will bring light, the light of God's grace, and give us sight, give sight to the blind, is God's word. In this time apart, let the God's word shine in your life, in the life of your families, in the life of your friends. Read your Bible. Pray. Share the word any way you can. Take extra time with your family and share the illumination provided to you by God's word. As St. Paul says in our epistle lesson, we are no longer darkness, but light. The light of God's word should serve to direct our every word and thought and deed. God's word is our standard. Christians model their lives by it. Just like the morning sun dispels the darkness of night, of night, so the Son of God, through the light of his word, helps us to discern between what pleases the Lord and what's a fruit of darkness. And now we are called to walk as children of the light. In order to see Jesus, you must become blind. Blind to any notion that you can see God 
with your own reason, merits, or works. That's the paradox of faith. Before you can know anything about God, you must recognize that you know nothing about God. Before you can see, you must recognize that you are blind to the light that shines upon you. You will see by hearing. And through the water and the word of your baptism, you will see the light of the world that has been always shining on you. Through the continuing proclamation of God's word, you will see that Jesus is the light of the world. The light that no darkness, including your sin and death, can overcome. And if, by God's grace, you remain in the one true and saving faith, even unto your own death, one day you will see, you will see, with new and resurrected eyes, and the sight will be glorious. But for now, you must hear his word, and in hearing, believe and you will see. And may that peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.